Welcome to Nerds of the Roundtable, a podcast on a quest for quality pop culture. I'm Sammy. I'm Jamie. And I'm Dwayne. And gentlemen, I'm leading off because tonight was my pick. Now, I know during the month of October, it was all tricks and treats. But I feel like we've got a little bit of a coda to that with tonight's movie. Uh, and I think it's really funny this is releasing on November 1st because this guy is not a saint by no means. <laughs> uh, so we are talking about 2005's Constantine uh, starring the, the man that we talk about on the show all the time, Keanu Reeves, Rachel Weisz, Tilda Swinton, Jaimin Hansu, Peter Stormare, he of the awful refrigerator. Um and then it is directed by Francis Lawrence. So we get a double feature of Francis Lawrence in the directing chair uh, as we got that with uh, I Am Legend. Yeah. So, well, gentlemen. This is definitely a tricky treat as, you know, we have appearances by Shia LaBeouf, Gavin Rossdale, and Pruitt Taylor Vince. Some very interesting choices for this movie. Kind of a Halloween hangover. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This was a ton of fun. We shall see. The grades are <laughs> forthcoming. <laughs> we'll have to talk about that, right, guys? <laughs> well, sounds like this movie may not be 100, but let's go keep it 100. It's time to keep it 100. 100. 100. 100. All right, gents. So I will lead off our Keeping It 100, and I will go and get this started. So for this week, um, I had to go with Paramount Plus's newest addition to the Star Trek universe, Star Trek Prodigy. Unlike Lower Decks, Prodigy is an animated series that isn't trying to do humorous homage to Trek history. It's actually building a new generation for Trek fans. Much like Star Wars did with Rebels, Prodigy brings us a completely new cast of young characters, and none of them are Starfleet. Uh, the most obvious connection, though, is that this series takes place in the Delta Quadrant, five years after Voyager returns to Earth. So it's kind of apropos that we do have a hologram of Captain Catherine Janeway that does show up on the uh, the ship that our characters find. And yes, she is still voiced by Kate Mulgrew. So um, it's difficult sometimes, I think, to gauge a new series just on the first episode. But there's definitely enough here that keeps me interested. And I'm definitely going to go back and check out a little bit more on Star Trek Prodigy. But don't feel bad if you don't have a Paramount Plus subscription. After the 10 episode concludes, it'll be on Nickelodeon. So... That's why Star Trek Prodigy is this week's Keeping It 100. Interesting. Yes, it's a joint effort between Paramount and Nickelodeon. Hmm. It's cool. So, I think so we'll it will play the, the ten. I think so. Because everybody's ponying up for a little piece of that pie. And so they're willing to, to pony up some money for it, I think. Well, I think right now there's too many streaming services for the the, mar the amount of market we have. I think that we're yeah. going to see some interesting combinations as it, as they get a little bit of a crunch. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Uh, all right, so I'm up next. Um, so this one is based on the prevalence of the Disney bundle. So everybody, you know, a lot of people sign up for the bundle to get 
you get your Disney Plus, you get your Hulu, and you also get ESPN Plus tossed in by accident. And I think that's that's a way to get a couple extra dollars out of the nerds. Um, but here's the deal. Um, I'm a hockey fan. And this year, the NHL's own little streaming service collapsed. <laughs> so ESPN Plus got it on the cheap. So everyone who has the Disney bundle has access to almost every single hockey game that's happening this season. Oh. So I, I, I think that actually hockey is a sport that would very much appeal to nerds more than many other sports. So I'm recommending to all of our nerdy listeners out there, give hockey a shot. You've probably already got ESPN Plus by accident. <laughs> it's a fast-paced game. Lots of violence. Um, strategy is pretty easy to grasp. And they have giant sticks they can hit each other with. There's like It's practically swords and, you know, lances they've got out there. Um, it's just, and it's just, it's a really an engaging sport. Okay. Something's always happening. It's not like football where you're, you know, 10% of the broadcast is the actual game. Hockey's a, it's an exciting sport. And so I just, I'd like to give it a try. So, yeah. So basically the entire sport of hockey is my keeping it with (laughs) (laughs) So what you're saying, Jamie, is give hockey a slap shot. (laughs) Uh, and also, hockey season has started. And I, I haven't watched anything <laughs> except hockey. As is hockey. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, hockey is definitely a ton of fun. Fast paced, like you said, violent, and just so much, so much fun to see. And I, I actually had some dots connect to my head this week. I, my, my, you know, my wife and daughters are big Final Fantasy fans, and I realized. Just I, I don't know why it never clicked to me before. Blitzball from Final Fantasy X is hockey underwater. <laughs> it's just hockey. It's the same amount of players, same strategy, same deal. Yeah. So there, there's there's that should have been my pitch. If you like, if you like Final Fantasy, <laughs> you actually like hockey. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, guys, my keeping it one hundred is an actual tie-in as well. I know Sam had alluded to having a tie-in here with uh, director Francis Lawrence back to I Am Legend. I'm tying back to I Am Legend, but I'm also keeping it in the same year as Constantine, 2005. Will Smith, who was uh, in I Am Legend, uh, started a little movie uh, this year uh, that Constantine came out called Hitch. And then we were kind of talking about that with our Will Smith uh, conversation around him. And so I decided to give this romantic comedy another dive. It's been quite a few years since I watched it, and it is so much fun. Uh, you know, it, it, his comedy from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, his leading man status he had acquired, you know, with with his uh, cinema time, really shines in this movie. He has great chemistry with Eva Mendez and Kevin James. Uh, a fun cast, a fun story, and you know, it's just really one of those little heartwarming things you can snuggle up with your uh, significant other and just have have a nice little quiet few giggles and and some heartwarming feels there. But uh, 2005's Hitch, starring Will Smith, is my keeping it 100. Yeah, and there's like about a 15 minute block that maybe it's like a PSA for allergy awareness. Yes, very much so. <laughs> shellfish. Yeah. Say, sh- shellfish allergies. Shellfish itself. Yeah. I, I have many it's allergies. So I really enjoy that. Yeah, you getting drunk on Benadryl, divulging all your secrets. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, yeah. I'll, that that might be my favorite rom com of all time. I, I love that movie. It's yeah, it's a ton of fun. And it really brought back to mind as I was watching, you know, how great you know this this era of romantic comedies was, especially you know, not only we every one of us have like a specific era of movies and and different genres that we liked, but you know, th- this was kind of in a in a in a really neat little place. Yeah, and and I'll mm-hmm. let you know, or, or Will Smith, uh, who you know we got to see me all alone in I am legend actually being with someone and happy. Use more of his range of facial expressions. Than ever. <laughs> all right, guys, let's well, speaking of range. I expect there to be a range of grades for our opening thoughts and grade segment. Yep. Yep. Definitely. And, definitely. And I go first and I I'm expecting a rate, like a range. I have no idea. Um, I like this movie, but I don't love it. Um, it's kind of a slog. Um, it's also probably the best. It's not really a Constantine movie. I think of it more of a, as a Dresden movie. We could just change his name and like one or two plot points from the backstory. This is the best Dresden movie ever made. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go B. I, I do. I do like it. I think there's. A lot of aspects where it's a well-made movie. Um, I just don't love it. Solid B. Hmm. Very interesting. Very interesting. Because you're talking about a range of grades. Well, maybe your range is going to be a little bit more narrow than you think. Because B is exactly where I landed. (laughs) Good, good middling B. It's, it's not a B. It's not an A. It's not a C. I remember this movie getting a little bit of shade from time to time, but it still kind of seems like it has that little cult love, Uh, but it still doesn't reach to that A range. But, uh, you know, it's, it's a neat story. Um, Not being familiar with the comic books, Dresden or Constantine or Hellblazer. um, I know uh, as, as I've seen some of the titles here thrown around, very interesting. I love this era or this not era, but this area of religious adjacent lore, you know, the, uh, the, the, the wagering of, of God and Satan for mankind, the relationship there, all of your ancillary characters, uh, the iconography, uh, I mean, how all of that re interacts is so interesting. Uh, if there was more of that, it would probably be an A plus to me. But you know, you got some neat characters. You got some cool visuals. Uh, that's a solid B. All right. So, so I have to go. I have to kind of agree because the ranges is I think as great as JB you were thinking. Huh. Because you know, over over the years, I think in some ways I've mellowed a little bit. In 2005, I refused to watch this movie. Okay. <laughs> wow. Well. I liked Keanu. I liked John Constantine, but this was too different. Um, it just, I just couldn't, I had to pass on it over time. I gave it a shot. And in all honesty, Lawrence and the cast have their hearts in the right place. Um, this isn't the horrible train wreck of a movie that you hear often shouted by fans. It's really not. Uh, yes, it's true. Constantine should be British. But really, face it, this is just a reversal of the MCU. They've got a bunch of British actors who are act- dropping accents. <laughs> so, I mean, this is just the reversal. Um, you know, the Constantine they gave us isn't true, John Constantine, but it's not bad. I went B plus, actually, hmm. on my grade. 
Okay. See, my my impression was this was a love it or hate it movie. Mm-hmm. Like there, like it had it had a small group of fans and it had a lot of detractors. I didn't think there would be a lot of people in the middle. So I, I'm I'm so I'm really surprised. This was not my impression of the reception of this movie. Yeah, I think one of the things that got this movie too is you know you got Keanu coming hot off the Matrix here. Uh, you know, so he is this action hero, but this is a very almost an anti-hero role. Uh, he's not really the the good guy, and you have some really kind of at times. I was taken by how derivative a few of the visual cues were. Uh, you know, especially when he's in the hell, it looks like Frodo with the ring on. You know, um, just 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 weird little things like that. But I I, th- I think it's aged better. Than, than it was fresh, possibly. Mm-hmm. A little bit of separation there. I think, too, a lot of nerds are sort of... When the, when the MCU started, when the Nolan Batman movies came out, we looked back and said everything comic book related before that was just garbage. Mm-hmm. And, I, right. and I feel like... I feel like it's been a reconsideration of the, um, of the, like the, the comic book-related movies that came before Nolan in the MCU. Um, I've heard, like, recent conversations and like articles online about how, you know, Affleck's Daredevil wasn't really that bad. Uh, I even heard like Thomas Jane's Punisher, which I thought I was the only person on earth that liked it. Um, <laughs> I've seen like it, it was, you know, it's sort of spoken of differently. I, I think that like blade has been revisited. Yeah. And I, I think Constantine's getting some of that treatment. Maybe that, you know, yeah. we're, we're looking back, you know, we're not so much comparing it directly to like, you know, everything before Nolan was terrible, you know, you know, it's, 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 it's a good flick, you know? Well, and, and I think that's part of it though is it it doesn't have to be this 10-year sweeping epic. It's just a good flick. It's just a movie you go watch and, hey, that was pretty decent. And then you move on. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be world building and universe building. And I think yeah. those first movies didn't feel like they had to be that. Do you hear that, movie studios? It's okay to have a good <laughs> movie that's not right. tied to something, you know, much larger. Which is funny we're doing Constantine this week, because I feel like DCU is, I mean, DC is trying that. Oh, yeah, they're trying mm-hmm. that. Because uh, the Joker so bad, is kind of a standalone. Yeah. The Batman yep. is clear, clearly not a part of the yeah. DCEU in the mm-hmm. same way. So Agreed. Yeah. I'm interested in how that's going to play out long term. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's okay to have your stories. Yeah. You know, but what's not okay is to have a really, really, really skanky apartment with no fans while you're spitting up blood in the sink. So let's help Keanu out with some fans. And let's go get our fans for this movie. Graphically Novel. Three brothers tackle a different graphic novel each week. Listen as the brothers Fugit discuss classic and not-so-classic graphic novels. Subscribe now on your podcast feed of choice. Graphically Novel. Three brothers who like each other but love comics. And I, and I kind of alluded to my to my fan um, in my opening thoughts and grades, and it's just because I love it so much. I love the you know the the iconography, the design. You know, he's he's got this golden cross, you know, revolver shotgun thing uh, that's just so interesting. Uh, all of the ancillary characters that kind of help him out with the lore and how to manage and navigate this larger world uh i i i think this movie needed more well i needed more of that in this movie i wanted more of that i, I wanted more of the priest i wanted more of midnight i wanted more of beeman I, I needed all of that 
you know, extra stuff to make sense of this world. I loved it. Uh, I, that that was my favorite thing. You know, I, I'm kind of in that same realm in terms of fan. I think that they have the world of John Constantine correct. You know, I've read a lot of Hellblazer, a lot of Constantine comics. You know, there's always those strange off-the-wall occurrences, the quirky secondary characters, demons galore. You know, there's always those types of things. And and I think Lawrence nails the feel of that world. That battle between heaven and hell, I think, works very well. Um, you know, it's not, like I said, the, the comic book Constantine, but this would have been a great world for him to play in if we had gotten him. <laughs> I think we're all dancing around very similar ideas here because my 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 fan is that um I like I like the world beside the world in this in this story. Um and I'm a sucker for it. I love any kind of story that's set in our world, but like there's like layers. Like mm-hmm. you see these like secondary worlds alongside of them that exist beside under above or just anything like that. I think this movie does it well. Like Midnight's Club, you know, very much if you were just walking by on the street would look like just, you know, some sketchy club. But you go down there and there's more going on. And you can see you can see believably how that would fit. How that how that could exist alongside our world. Um every everything happening in the space behind the lanes at the bowling alley. I'm just in love with. Um, yeah. and I and the like the occult police consultant, the half breeds existing among humanity. All of that I feel like worked <laughs> really well and really believably. And like I said, like I said, I'm, I'm a sucker for that kind of fiction. But I feel like they did it really well. Like they, like it was a believable depiction of our world and a secondary world that could have intermingled mm-hmm. believably. And I felt like it worked really well. Um, it's easily my favorite thing. Um, I, it's, it's, I don't know, man. Something about the lanes, some, the, the bowling alley. Once you get past the lanes, it's like, I don't know. It's just, I'm, I was completely fascinated by that, that entire set. Um, and I, I love the way that works. And for me, that was just sort of like was emblematic of the whole thing. Like it's it's just a bowling alley until you get back behind there. And who kno- mm-hmm. and honestly, you ever been back there? Who knows what's behind who the? Who knows lane? what's behind there? It could be that, that <laughs> every bowling alley could have an occult, you know, detective behind it or something. Who knows? There you go. Yeah, I, I love you know that the uh, you know that you have these eccentric characters like you said, you know, just right adjacent, right next door. You know, mm-hmm. there, you know, you know, beaming with all of his, you know, gadgets and information and knowledge, um, uh, you know, whatever craziness is going on in Midnight's Club. I mean, the the priest, you know, just just rubbing his hands over the paper, you know, gleaning information, uh, you know, shallow both trying to be, a, you know, a Constantine in training. You know? <laughs> it's just just so much fun. Well. Um, we've we've referenced uh, Constantine's apartment already. The uh, the fuck needed a fan to get it out of there. I I don't believe that man has ever cooked on a pan in that house. And if he has, I ain't eating off of it. <laughs> Let's go check out our pans though. All right, guys. Um, here is my biggest pan for this movie. So. Constantine gets an R rating, but they squandered it. You mm-hmm. know, yeah, there's some gore. You got some naughty words, but, you know, that doesn't really make John Constantine. Um, 
I feel like Keanu was not allowed to go far enough to truly show us John Constantine. Now, Keanu could have done it. I've got total faith in his ability. He could have been the bag of tools that is John Constantine with no problem. I mean, no joke. Constantine is an as about as amoral and anti-hero as you can get. We get an approximation of John with this. Um, I truly do appreciate the character, and, and and because he is just that off the wall. And and when he gets stuck in a situation where he's playing off a of Superman, that's a really interesting story. So you know, I just don't don't feel like Keanu got the chance to go full tosser on this and really embody. Mm. Constantine the way that that he could have and should have for this character. That's funny because I haven't read a lot of Constantine in the comics. I don't like the guy. I actually like <laughs> Keanu's version better. Yeah. <laughs> Give me Keanu Constantine every day of the week. Keanu's got heart as Constantine. Yeah. Constantine is a cold black spot missing right where that heart is in the comics. So, <laughs> well, do you think Keanu is just too nice of a guy to go that dark? <laughs> I think I think they wanted to have him likable enough and redeemable enough that people wanted to like plot money down. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this did not feel like an art. I didn't realize the rating. I just popped it up on the HBO yeah, Max yeah. and watched it. I did not realize the rating. This does not feel like an R movie. It felt definitely like a PG thirteen. Okay, question. Uh in this day and age, could the R have been for all the smoking? Probably. Probably would have been for the smoking. That's what yeah. the R would have been for, was the smoking. Yeah. Yep. All right, so I'm up next on Pan, and this is an easy one for me, and it's what it's what drags it down. This movie's not fun. It's not. It's dreary. It's bleak. It's joyless. Long stretches are humorless. I mean, it's like a ray of sunshine whenever Shia LaBeouf shows up. <laughs> that, should, that is not a good sign. <laughs> I mean, there is a little humor, but it's all really black humor of the bleakest variety. And it isn't intended to create laughter. It's more going for that ironic quirk at the corner of your mouth type deal. And I don't think that the story of the character, I don't think it needed to be lightened up. I think it needed more of a contrast, though. Maybe yeah. have a like a like a, a villain who was like funny and was like this sort of mirthful weirdo in, in contrast to the, the joyless Constantine. Or maybe have more of Chaz in the movie. I, I don't know. I just thought there needed to be more of a contrast there. I know. I'm, I'm not, I, I can't believe I said that. I, 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 I take it back. We don't need more Shia. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, I think. I, but the, the the comparison I keep going back to is Hellboy. Um, the Hellboy right. movies deal with very much similar subject matter. The, the the subject matter is just as bleak. It's just as dark. And but I feel like I have a much better time watching Hellboy. Um, and he's an actual demon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, 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 I just, it's just, it's just, it's so dreary that it's not, it's just not fun at any level. Hmm. Did it, did it feel like you have maybe like four shades of the same character being played by different people? I feel like it. it did, I know they did, they desaturated the light and all and the and the entire movie. I feel like they also desaturated the heart of the movie. <laughs> it was like desaturating yeah. the fun right out of it. <laughs> right. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, it, it seemed like, you know, that, that was, I guess, you know, kind of an adjacent pan of mine would be that too. You know, there's not a huge range of character, you know, um, from one person to the other. There are all these troubled people, 
you, you don't have really any, like you said, you don't really have a ray of sunshine aside from Shia LaBeouf, which you know, don't get me wrong, you know, he's he he's an he's an actor and he devotes, you know, he he goes all in when he goes in, he goes all in, maybe a little too much, but he goes all in. But it, it really felt like a felt like a just a kind of a gray wash as far as character, you know, went in this. Guess read some some DC Vertigo Hellblazer. I mean, this is exactly what it is. Well, they, I just told you I don't like it. <laughs> the, ver, the Vertigo stuff is just like this. Now later on, they they do bring a little bit more, like especially with the new Fifty Two version of, of Constantine and stuff. They, they they give a little bit more light to it, but these plotting just everybody's a miserable character throughout the entire course of almost of almost 200 issues wow well well i'm gonna go ahead and get my actual (laughs) i'm gonna go ahead and get my actual pan real quick and it's 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 very specific very you know the the shotgun shells rifle bullets whatever he was making there they had they had to be made from gold right i don't know how much anybody making movies knows about armor you know firearms stuff and i don't know a great deal but i do know that the shell you know where the gunpowder and stuff is stays in the gun he could have made a whole lot more shot instead of making the whole casing from gold by just making the tips <laughs> or the or the filler for the shotgun shells you know out of gold he could have made a whole lot more shot making the rest of it out of, out of just generic metal this is the stuff that's going to hurt. Make it out of gold. The rest of it, don't worry about it. It's going to stay in the gun. <laughs> it was cooler um, imagery. It, it was cooler imagery, but come on, guys. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. they do the same thing with werewolf movies when they're doing silver bullets. They do the exact same thing. Yeah. 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 It's just, yep. it's just the cool, the coolness of the imagery. Yeah. Yep. But I was, I was like, come on now. But I do, I do think. I mean, we're nitpicking. I mean, I, I, I feel like there's something that we're not quite putting our fingers on that gave it made us give this all movie, um, this movie a B. I mean, because we're we're kind of nitpicking, you know. Yeah. Um. I, I, I wonder what it is that really. I mean, because I do like the movie. I mean, I, I would have liked a little more fun in it. I mean, I, I don't know. Until we need to get into the awards, I'm. <laughs> Give away my award for you. <laughs> I, I was I was going to say maybe uh, we'll find that in our award section because I think I think our award section is going to be very telling with some things. So let's go ahead and move on into our awards. Nerdalert! <laughs> Jamie, you go first. All right. Um. So the first word is best performance, and I think I would have been on brand to give it to Keanu, but I think Rachel Wise uh, stole this movie. Um, I feel like every every scene that she's in, she's doing a lot of heart. Um, she's doing a lot of subtle stuff, um, like the scene where she reveals, you know, that, that she saw the things all along, and that you know she you know that she she realized how much she had betrayed her sister, and the responsibility and culpability that she felt. Uh, I just feel like there's a lot of really good acting from her in this movie. Yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. But there's another character I think that really stole a lot of scenes. That uh, that she was in uh, in a very androgynous role. I almost could have seen a, a, a David Bowie doing this, but Tilda Swinton's Gabriel yep. uh, really was very interesting, and you really see the 
uh, even though she's a lot younger, you see the wisdom of her being cast as a Sorcerer Supreme. You know, uh, the 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 witch in Narnia, uh, she has this depth. She has this intensity. She has, you know, there's a lot going on behind those eyes. And, you know, I love the 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 androgynous, angelic character um, and that twist on Gabriel, you know, his disillusionment uh, with with the way God's handling things and, and the relationship there with Satan um, that I loved her turn in this role. That was the other one I considered. Mm-hmm. And I, I think you're absolutely right. I think they were absolutely explicitly going for a Bowie look with her. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, you know, one of the things we talked about is these awards were interesting for this movie. Um, I, I kind of went with even a different character. I loved seeing Jamin Hansu as Papa Midnight. Mm-hmm. Now, once again, keep in mind, this is not Papa Midnight from the comics. <laughs> in the comics, he's a spooky, sadistic voodoo practitioner. Okay, he is not Switzerland between heaven and hell. All right. (laughs) But what I love about this performance is we get to see what kind of actor Jamin Hansu will become in the MCU. Because Mm -hmm. he has played such a vital part in so many places. And we may talk about Jamin Hansu later on also, but we'll wait for that. (laughs) Not. See, I, I see. I think that anytime he was on screen, I was having fun. Mm-hmm. So I, I think more Jaime Hansu, more characters like that that brought a little maybe sense of danger or excitement could right. have spiced this movie up and made it more mm-hmm. fun. More, more Jaime Hansu might have raised the grade for me. <laughs> well, as we were looking for more of those scenes that, with some interesting characters, and I'm going to go ahead and uh, jump in with my. F- Best scene, my choice of best scene. Pruitt Taylor Vince is a very interesting actor. Makes a lot of neat choices and a lot of things I've seen him in. I always love seeing him on screen. He plays the priest in this, and I love his turn. And when he goes from the morgue into the liquor store in a panic, trying to get that drink and nothing's coming out, he thinks but he's really drinking himself to death in just a few minutes. That, that was, that I was just like, wow, what, what, a, you know, a crazy thing to have happen. And just an interesting little turn on, on how, you know, your mind can get twisted and toyed with. I, I just had a ton of fun with that scene. And the way it ends with him jabbing his hand. Yeah. Jab so his hand to make mm-hmm. the symbol. Yeah. yeah. Yep. All right. So, you know, when we talked about Lost Boys, remember we talked about there were some really cool ways that that there were different ways the vamps got it. And so we were talking about the the tub of holy water and, and garlic, right, when the Twisted Sister vamp got it. So I had to go with Constantine versus the demons at Ravenscar. Because, come on, holy water sprinklers is not something that you see <laughs> every day. Then, as as uh, Dwayne alluded to, that demon demolishing firearm that really could have come straight off the set of Hellboy, um, you know that combining those two elements made for a really fun, dramatic, uh, really upbeat type of of battle scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that looks like a Del, Del Toro weapon. 
Oh, it does. Completely and totally. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's it's the first exorcism. Um, I love that opening scene. Oh yeah, uh, oh yeah. And it and it, I think it does so much like setup for the movie. Once that scene is over, we get who Constantine is. We get his dynamic with Chaz. We get you know what he does for a living, and that that there's this danger now of like demons coming through. But so it so as from in terms of what it does for the movie, I think I think it's, I mean, incredibly you know well executed. But also, I just love the it's it's creative, you know, the way they use the mirror thing. Mm-hmm. I'd never quite seen anything like that before. Mm-hmm. And the way it gets hung, and then we have like Keanu, you know, doing that, you know, almost a matrix lean to shove it out the window, and the way it lands and crashes and breaks the demon apart. I just I thought it was really well done. And um and that might have been the last time I was actually smiling in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Because so I was having fun with that. And then there's not a lot of fun. After the first eight minutes, you quit smiling. <laughs> <laughs> I would move the car. Move the car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, what, what, this is the first time we've been joking and laughing about a scene in this movie. Yeah. Um, but the, but the, the darkness sets in after that. And there's not a lot of, I don't know, fun interactions. Um, and I, I, was, I was slagging on Shire earlier. I don't, I, he's got, I, he brings a lot of baggage now to roles at the time. Uh, than he does that he did back then. Um, I don't think he's bad in this movie. Um, and I, I liked that in that scene. I liked their dynamic a lot. You know, you did, the, the biggest thing is, you know, I, I keep talking about the departure of these characters in this movie versus the comics. That is the one that to me is farthest off base than Constantine or Papa Midnight is Chaz. I mean, Chaz is like an old school mate of John's who owes him like tons of favors. He's a married man with a kid. And so you get this idea that that he feels, you know, indebted to John and his wife's always mad at him because he's trying to help John because she hates John Constantine. And, you know, because, you know, I mean, for back in the day kind of deal. So, I mean, it's a totally different vibe between John and Chaz in the comics. So not, not an apprentice dynamic at all. No, no. Mm-mm. He's literally just the driver in most cases. He mm. just drives John. Mm. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I'm going to guess that he wasn't your best character. No, I was going to say as we go into best character, this, this I know this is going to sound awful. Um, I went with Constantine himself, and even wheat tea will quench your thirst, right? So. <laughs> <laughs> I was just happy to see Constantine get a spotlight. Uh, and you know, I've talked about how much I, lo- I do. I love the character. Uh, I mean, he's not a ray of sunshine, but but he, he's one of my favorite mature themed comics characters. Uh, so to really at least see the spotlight put on John Constantine for me was awesome, uh, especially as I went back to watch it. You know, uh, and it only gives me hope that maybe we'll even get a truer representation if Warner ever puts together that Justice League Dark movie they keep rumoring. What about the show? Did you did you care for that version? That was pretty good. And it didn't go because I think he was just such a jerk. And Matt Ryan does an amazing job though. <laughs> when they brought Maybe. him over they brought him over to DC Legends of Tomorrow and made him more comical. See that show only went like twelve maybe 13 episodes, but it was NBC that, and they were showing it at like 11 o'clock 
after midnight. <laughs> they had no idea what to do with that. But it was a phenom- It was a much better, closer version of Constantine. Well, I'm going to jump in because I'm, I'm backing you up. I, I enjoyed Keanu's version of Constantine. And it felt like they're doing a, a little bit of like um, supernatural, like noir, noir detective. Mm-hmm. Like, they're, like they're kind of leaning in that direction with him. And uh, I got a kick out of him. Um, I, I, I liked sort of his grumpy, um, you know, interactions you know, with Rachel Wise. Um, the way she slowly like broke through his crusty outer shale. Right. Mean, yeah. And, and his whole um, redemption arc, how he wanted to be redeemed, but he hated everybody. He needed to be redeemed too. kind of deal. I mean, it was just, it was, I, I like the way that Keanu played that out and the way that, the, and the, the way that he fit into that world. So I really yeah. did Constantine. Well, I'm not going to pick uh, Constantine. I'm going to, uh, I, I had a three way tie and I could not get away from either the Beeman midnight or the priest. I, those were my, like I said, just those ancillary characters. I needed so much more of just to help him along. I, I was so fascinated with those guys. So you're not deciding. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I could, I, I would have almost laid money down that Dwayne was going to go with Peter Stormare as as Satan, because that was one of the most interesting portrayals. Interesting portrayal, yeah, very. That was my backup of Lucifer. Totally. Yeah, he he was he was on my list, but I tell you, these three guys just fascinated me with the with all of the uh, you know the, uh, the the knowledge and the lore. Constantine mm-hmm. and his amazing friends. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the, the best quote, I'm going back to the guy I slandered earlier in the show. Um, it's a Chaz Kramer line. And it's when he finally gets to do something cool. And like he, he like surprises Midnight and Constantine. And he says, I, I, don't, I couldn't find it exactly word for word. So I, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. But he says, you know, why sit on the bench if you're not ready to get in the game? I'm like, if only we all had that attitude, you know? Right. Just always prepared to get involved, you know? I just I thought that was a cool line. That one stuck with me. I like that. That's good. Well, Jamie, I think my quote kind of goes back to what you talked about as your fan. So it's from Constantine, and he's talking about when you cross over, time stops. Take it from me. Two minutes in hell is a lifetime. When I came back, I knew all the things I could see were real. Heaven and hell were right there. Behind every wall, every window, the world behind the world. And we're smack in the middle. Yeah. Like that. Well, I'm, I'm going uh, with a Constantine quote as well. This one's um, one of the last in the movie. Uh, Constantine says, there is a plan for all of us. I had to die twice just to figure that out. Like the book says, he works in mysterious ways. Some people like it, some people don't. And that's such an interesting look on faith and how hard-headed we can be. And how, you know, some people can accept it and some people can't. But, you know, we all have a purpose. And then uh, he puts a stick of gum in instead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you, and you know it's Nicorette. <laughs> <laughs> 
no, you you guys are both had better ones than me, but um, I don't know. Just that the one from Chad has got me thinking. I mean, I all. agree. I like that. Well, I mean, and it really says a lot. It really says a lot. I mean, <laughs> if if you're if you're not going to, you know, if you're not going to be ready to play, don't you know? Why, why are you looking like you're ready to play? You know. I don't know. Anyway, so if we were going to draft quotes, I think you guys would have had the higher, much higher draft picks than I had. But it's time to do our weekly draft on Nerds of the Round Table. And this week, we're drafting Best Movie Wizards. I'm really pumped about this. Yeah, uh, this, I'm, this is really interesting. Oh, yeah. And Sammy, this was your movie. So you get to go first. Who is your best, number one overall pick, Movie Wizard? All right, Movie Wizard, hands down, gentlemen. I'm so glad I start off because I am getting Merlin pulled off the table. Specifically, <laughs> Nickel Williamson's Merlin from Excalibur. All right, scratching that That's off the board. That's a good one, yep. <laughs> Merlin, Merlin's off. All right, Dwayne, who you got? I am going with a classic, iconic, visually stunning wizard from very early animated cinema. I'm going with uh, Mickey Mouse from The Sorcerer's Apprentice. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Oh, you all left one of the big ones on the board. Yep. A couple all right, I'm, go- on. I'm going Gandalf. I want to win. Yep. He's off the list now. Yep, Gandalf. <laughs> I mean, Gandalf's great. He's iconic, you know? I mean, and, and, and a lot of them are Merlin, kind of Merlin knockoffs. And Gandalf yeah. clearly is Merlin-inspired, but... He's Gandalf. It's Merlin adjacent. Yeah. But how perfect was Ian McKellen's portrayal? Oh, yeah. I mean, how did he bring him to life? I mean, how, how perfect was that? Yeah. All right. All right. So first pick, I pulled off the, the top dog, all right? Now I've got to go back to my DC love, and i got to bring back Jamin Hansu as the wizard Shazam. <laughs> good Say my name. Say my name. <laughs> <laughs> He's so good. What what do I always hear that that R and B song? Say my name. Say my name. <laughs> it's a very different version of the Chime and Hansu singing it there. I get the strangest looks. I've, I've got a Shazam T-shirt that says has the lightning bolt that says "Say my name" on it, and people just look at me so strange all the time every time I wear it. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, I'm going to go next, and uh, I'm going to stick it with another short fellow. Uh, we had a, you know, the little the little mouse earlier, so I'm I'm gonna go with Willow next. I was gonna go Willow. <laughs> Willow was so much fun. Watched it here recently. Uh, Warwick Davis and Val Kilmer. Mm-hmm. All right, we're gonna stick with the uh, hot challenge, fellas, and I'm gonna go with Egg Chin. Big trouble in Little China. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> One of my, maybe not iconic, but it's one of my favorite movie wizards. Oh. All right. So I guess I'm going to finish this off. I'm going to go the opposite of that coin, Jamie. And I'm going to go low pan for a big trouble in Little <laughs> Child. <laughs> James Hong. He's all, yeah. I, I, won't, I, won't, I didn't want to use all of my <laughs> All my wizards from one movie. But <laughs> I can't get mad about it. Little Pain's great. Yeah, those were a couple, couple tons of fun there. Oh, guys, I'm torn between two. I'm torn between two. Mm. 
Okay, let's go more recognizable here. Um, well, Dumbledore from the Harry Potter universe, mm. uh, you know, portrayed by uh, really two great actors, uh, two very distinct portrayals. Uh, you know, Richard Harris and Michael Gambon as the the uh, you know, Richard Harris passed and the, the role continued on. It was very very iconic. All right. Um, so I'm I, I'm going to go with one that my wife says isn't actually a wizard. Um, <laughs> I, I think he is. I'm gonna go Miracle Max from The Princess Bride. There you go. <laughs> I think I think she thinks he's a charlatan. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know that's not a witch. That's his wife. <laughs> yeah, I, I love Miracle Max. I I know it's, it's a small role. It's a small part, but it's very memorable. You know. How many times have I'm, I don't I can't I don't know how many I've healed. So somebody's off goes off going off to do something. My line is always have fun storm in the castle. I mean, I, I just love Miracle Man. All right, but we left a lot of draftable players on the board. So you want to bring out some uh, runners up? Yeah, for sure. Right, Sam, who's your first honorable mention? All right, first honorable mention. So um, I think everybody we mentioned was male. So I want to go female. I think Maleficent would be considered a wizard um, from the original Sleeping Beauty. Um, just because, I mean, such a, a frightening character for a, that piece of animation from that time and place. I just thought thought she was cool, man. Yeah, it's a good one. M- M- animated or live action? Who, who uh, animated. Preference? Animated. Okay. Um, you know, I, I've seen Angelina Jolie, but I, I just think that the, the animated was so much was really cool because of the design of that character. Mm-hmm. Well, <clears throat> one of my honorable mentions didn't have enough money to buy a sub, but I love his portrayal. Uh, Benedict Wong as Wong in uh, you know, Doctor Strange. <laughs> and, uh, I, in I, I've got Wong on my draft board and not Doctor Strange. I like Wong better. I like I like Wong better too. Yeah. <laughs> Long, long's on there. Yeah, I love, I love anytime I can see Benedict Long get some work. He's great. Uh, well, if we went one more round, uh, my next pick would have been the White Witch from the Chronicles of Narnia. Yeah, yeah, I, I love her. She is just so threatening and intimidating. Yeah, yeah. I, I had one more I would throw in. Uh, we meant everybody talks about Gandalf, you know, but nobody seems to care about Radagast. Radagast the Brown. Not in the and movie. No, the movie. Come on. How could you not love that character? That's the seventh Doctor, Sylvester McCoy. Ah, <laughs> so. uh, that's when I was out on that movie, man. <laughs> yeah. and I, and that's about 10 minutes in, and I was out. Yep, that's, yep, that's I it. I love McCoy in that character. <laughs> Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it to a definite charlatan who was a wizard, uh, the Wizard of Oz. Uh, <laughs> I, I love you know, and, and just for what, just for what it stands for, you know, for what that character, uh, that role in that movie stood for. Uh, I love that portrayal. All right, and I'll bring us to a close with my my favorite Harry Potter wizard, Sirius Black. Yeah, yeah. Sirius is awesome. And it helps when you're played by Gary Oldman. <laughs> yeah, Gary Gary Oldman does does definitely bring the the uh, 
the cred there. Much like our Keanu. Maybe we should start connecting uh, Gary Oldman from time to time. Uh, It'd be easier. What if you woke up one day and realized that you were just a character played by Gary Oldman? <laughs> he's, he's that good. <laughs> you know, but uh, as as we alluded to, you know, this this movie this is going to be an interesting one, Jamie. I'm, I'm kind of concerned how we're going to connect Keanu to a movie starring Keanu. So so I want to hear this rabbit trail leading to our connection. Okay, so in this movie there is an actor with a very versatile filmography. He has made action movies, horror movies, sci-fi, martial arts, even rom-com, some thrillers even some period pieces, and maybe even a legal thriller, depending on how you classify that movie. He's also led several franchises, some of which are still ongoing, one of which has been revived. This versatile actor is Keanu Reeves. Now, this actor has done a lot of great work, but the pinnacle of his career may have been when he played Ted Theodore Logan in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey and had the privilege of co-starring with Keanu Reeves, who was playing Evil Ted in that same movie. So this week's Keanu connection is Keanu Reeves himself. <laughs> Kaboom. Very nice, sir. Also, Rachel Wise was in the underrated chain reaction with Keanu. There you go. So there yeah. is a real one, but <laughs> I, I like the I like the Keanu Evil Ted playing with Keanu Evil uh, Good Ted. Yeah. The bogus journey, yeah. Bogus journey connection is uh, is always welcome here at the at the round table. <laughs> well, guys, I hope you had uh, uh, more fun listening to our review of Constantine than we did watching this, uh, you know, kind of a slog of a movie with some very interesting uh, visuals and adjacent characters. Um, coming up next, we have one of my picks. Remember, remember, the 5th of November is coming up very soon. So we're going to be visiting V for Vendetta. A very voracious, verifyingly colorful movie. I don't know very many V words, so we're just going <laughs> to leave it at that. <laughs> I know there's a, there's quite a few scenes in there where he just rambles on and on and on. But uh, yeah, Hugo Weaving, Natalie Portman. Oh my goodness. Rupert Graves, Stephen Frost. Stephen Roth, I mean, John Hurt, you name it, they're in this movie. Written and probably ghost-directed by the Wachowski siblings. <laughs> uh, credit to uh, James McTeague. Uh, this movie is to another 2005 dip. Uh, we're, we're, we're kind of in an era, guys. We're kind of stuck in a year. But this movie is streaming with a subscription uh, at HBO Max. Or you can find it for a rental on Prime or most other of your streaming services. You can get rentals for around $3.99. So V for Vendetta will be our next visit into the Nerdverse. So, Jamie, as we prepare to watch this movie, what are we going to do? We're going to put on our Guy Fox mask and practice awesome alliteration all week as we keep it nerdy. (laughs) 